Amen. Praise God. You got your Bibles turned with me to Genesis. Let's go back to the beginning, Genesis, the 41st chapter. We're still in summertime, and some are still obviously out and enjoying the summer, and we're glad they can. But we're glad that you've been able to come this way, and uh, we trust that your summer is not over yet, although it is coming to a close. But uh, God blesses all the seasons, does he not? And so this new season coming, uh, he will have a blessing for you there also. Praise God. Genesis, the 41st chapter. Genesis 41. I had the privilege, one of my devotions there in the audience for that one of the mornings was in Genesis and uh, uh, read several chapters, just couldn't stop, it seemed like, on Jacob and what God did with Jacob and, and how God led him and directed him and God reminded me that if you don't let go, he'll bless you. Amen. I said, if you don't let go, he'll bless you. It just says, hold on, hold on, and, and watch what God will, you know, God will do it. Hallelujah. The longer you hold on, how many know the weaker the devil gets trying to hold on to you? The more you hold on to God. How many believe you can wear the devil out? How many believe the devil can wear you out? Better to wear him out. And so he'll try to put some pressure to try to wear you out, wear you down, get you to let go, but if you'll stand in and let God be your strength and strengthen you and just say, hey, this is where I stand, good, bad, or ugly, bless God, and, and I know God is God, and I know he'll come through for me. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, you can discourage the devil. You can depress the devil. You can destroy the devil because Jesus said I came to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, destroy the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. Depress him. It, you shouldn't be depressed. He's the one that needs to be depressed. And he gets depressed every time you won't give in. Every time you keep coming to church. Well, I mean, what does he got to do to keep you out of here? Come on. You don't want you coming together with the family, getting a prophetic word from God that strengthens your soul and uh, hearing from God. Hallelujah. We know it's a great thing to hear from God. It's a great privilege to be able to share with you what I hear from God. It's a great honor to have you come, amen, to honor God and to hear the corporate word because with the corporate word is a corporate blessing. I said with the corporate word is a corporate blessing. You want to get under the corporate word every chance you get because your personal blessing will not make up for the corporate blessing. I'm talking to somebody right now, and you can't afford to miss the corporate blessing and expect to be blessed all around. Now, there are extenders that people have to work with, but we ought to do everything we can to try to get that word. If I can't get it, I'll get the podcast. Amen. I'll find out what, what, what God was saying on the podcast. I'll get whatever the insert was, and sometimes we get it to people so they can get the word that weren't able to be here. Amen. For whatever reason. Amen. We're not here to nah, 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 nah. We're here to make sure y'all get blessed. We're here to get you built up. Hallelujah, and the Holy Ghost, so you can do and do the works that God called you to do and fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Amen. Genesis, the 41st chapter, the 50th to the 52nd verse. This kind of leads in from Jacob, his son Joseph, from his wife Rachel that couldn't have any children for so long. And, of course, the handmaiden had uh, 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 a child for her, and, and then the other wife, she was bearing children, and and Leah, etc. But 
Here we're coming to Joseph. We're moving down the line here a little bit. And this was what I felt I wanted to, what the Lord wanted me to share with you. Verse 50, and it says this. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of Onan, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house, or all my suffering in that situation. And the name of the second called Ephraim, for he said, Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction or in the land of my suffering. Glory to God. God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my suffering. And God sent me to tell you today that there are blessings from brokenness for you and for me. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. That's what God talked to me about. And so let's see what God, Living Bible says it even better. He says, Joseph named the oldest son Manasseh, meaning made to forget. I mean, how many would like to forget some stuff? To forget some of the things he went through with his family and some of the things that he had to endure. Has anybody ever had to go through some things? I don't want to get too specific with your family, but if you got a family, you're going to go through some things. I said, if you got a family, you're going to go through some things. That was, somebody ought to say that was an understatement. Uh-huh. But God said, Joseph said, God made me to forget being sold into slavery. God made me to forget their betrayal and their rejection. God made me to forget all of what was, all what went on and to be able to forgive and to keep going. Hallelujah. In spite of all that the enemy was using, in his case, his family. And then once the family started, I mean, a lot of things start with family and not all good sometimes. I didn't come here to depress you or to, amen, but I came to tell you and talk real to you that not, families are families and stuff happens. And I don't know any perfect families. Some seem to be better than others, but how many know there's skeletons in every closet? So keep the closet door shut, amen. No, I'm just kidding y'all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so Joseph says, he had the, notice that, notice that God gave him a wife from Potiphar, priest of Onan. Somebody here that, that, that worship the sun god. I mean, no, God can work in every situation. You say, well, why would God have him marry somebody from the sun god? Well, I don't know. Ask God. But I'll bet you she became a Hebrew. I'll bet you she became a believer in Jesus. Hallelujah. Or else she wouldn't have let him name the son Manasseh. That's a Jewish name. Amen. And so he says, he made me to, to forget. What he meant was that God had made up for him, to him, for all the anguish of his youth. God made up to him, made it up to him. I may know God is a make it up to you, God. Oh, I felt that in my sanctified soul. God will make up to you all of the anguish for all the suffering, for all the anguish, for everything you've been through, for everything the devil's done to you, to your family. God is a God that will make it up to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He made it up to me the first 20 years of my life and the anguish and the suffering from the family and, and, and more than, more than uh, many. But people go through stuff. I don't care who they are. What, how do you measure it? You know what I mean? But I'll tell you, God has made it up to me. And you know, he's still making it up to me. Hallelujah. He said, for 20 years, I'll give you 20 years of, of plenty. I'll give you 20 years of blessing. 
How would you like another 20 after that? I said, uh, that's great. I got another 20 on that. And now I'm working on the third 20. I tell you, I'm a lifer. I am a lifer with God. He took me out of the prison just like he took Joseph out of the prison. And I was there because of my family. Yes. Yes. That's another story for another time. But uh, you have your story. I have mine. Amen. And so I thank God that he's a make it up to you, God. And if he hadn't made it up to you yet, hold on, baby, hold on. God is not finished yet. God's going to make up to you everything the devil has struck you about, everything that's gone on, everything that they've done to you, all the rejection, all of this, all of that. You just hold on and watch what God does to make up to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why you don't want to kill yourself. Amen. Now, you may want to kill them, but don't do that either. Amen. Because God's going to make it up to you. Hallelujah. How many has had God make up some to you already? Come on, wave at me. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to do that. <laughs> he only had half a finger on one hand, so I always remember he'd always point that half a finger and he'd go, <laughs> now, Ronnie. <laughs> God like God, huh? Glory to God. And so he named the first son Manasseh. Amen. God has made me to forget. Amen. What all the anguish of my youth and my family and for the loss of his family's, his father's home. And, and then he says the second boy named Ephraim, meaning again, fruitful. For God has made me fruitful in this land of my slavery. Oh, the translation is slavery, affliction, and suffering. How many have ever been in a situation where you feel like you're just in slavery? I mean, you are enslaved. You can't go anywhere. You can't do what you'd like to do. They won't do it or they won't do this or whatever it is. But I want to tell you, God, God is working in that and he sees that situation. He sees what the enemy is, amen, that, that slavery type of circumstance that you're living in. Amen. And how many know just because everybody's here loves God, filled with the Holy Ghost, doesn't mean that they're not living in situations where they feel like they are captive and captive to a situation, chained to a situation, cannot get loose from it, have to deal with it, have to wake up to it every morning, and got to somehow believe God to get through it. I'm not just talking about one day. I'm talking about days on end, weeks and months, some of it's years. Joseph was, what, in prison for, what was it, 13 years, 15 years? My God. You know, it's one thing it was just a day or two. I may know we could probably handle that. But you're talking years. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? And so he says, I named that second one fruitful because he's made me to be fruitful in the land of my suffering, my slavery, my affliction. How many believe God with me this morning and know that God's going to make you fruitful? He's already doing some, but he ain't even begun hardly to do what he's going to do in that area where you have felt kind of captive and just kind of enslaved, enslaved in that situation. Maybe it's a physical situation, affliction, or, or financial, or mental, or family, or marital. God knows what has enslaved you, and he's the deliverer. He's the blesser. Hallelujah. He is not the hard taskmaster that the devil wants to paint him to be. He loves you, and I can't explain all the reasons why you still may be there. I can't explain why God allowed Joseph to be there 13, 15 years in those prisons. I may know they weren't like prisons in California. You didn't have a TV. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. But God was with him. And God was with him. And so I have a word concerning brokenness that we experience in our lives and, and the blessing God has for whatever brokenness and for whatever reason you and I have experienced that brokenness in our lives. And as we receive these blessings from brokenness that God has for us, I want us to first, I was impressed to get us a, a first, a broader definition of brokenness. Not that we really need one. Broke, I mean, no, broken is broken. But focusing that we might see that the universalness, if there's a word with universalness or the, the how it's, it's common to men, and the inclusiveness, not the exclusiveness, of a few who, have, who feel or have been told by the devil that God doesn't like them, therefore they're suffering because of whatever. I may know that's a favorite trick of the enemy, to see others blessed and you not blessed, and to feel that God is down on you, that God doesn't like you, God doesn't love you for some reason. There's something wrong with you. The devil is a liar. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You're made in the image of God. And if there is something wrong for me, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. It may be working in a situation, but, but God is saying, hey, I'm going to bring blessings from brokenness. Hallelujah. And you're going to see that before we get through. It's, I don't believe I have a long message unless I make it longer. I'll try to stick to what I believe God has spoken to me. But we want to see the inclusiveness, how we're all in this together. Amen? Amen. And it was like, like Job's three miserable friends told him. You know, God, God was mad at him that he had messed up. He hadn't done any, any, sort, any such thing. Amen. His wife told him, well, you ought to curse God and die anyway. You're such a miserable. Uh, I won't tell you what she called him. You can't put, speak it in the pulpit. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. She just told him, curse God and die, or Job's three friends, or, 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 or any of the other things we see sometimes in the Word. Uh, and so to give us a broader view, defining and being definitive can help. Amen? So let's look at brokenness just for a second. That which has been broken, and before you say, duh, who has not been broken in some way? Brokenness is defined as fragmented, shattered, cracked. Who knows any crack pots or pipes? We're going to make this 21st century now. Amen. Remember, everybody is included in this definition. Amen? Somewhere everybody's included because we've all been broken. Because we live in a fallen world. And so everyone can receive the blessing from brokenness. Are you still there? There's a blessing in every broken place. Joseph's life, Job's life, Jesus' life. Amen? And after crack comes fractured and split and smashed. You may be listening via the Glad Tidings podcast, and, uh, and with this, within the sound of my voice, God is coming to you, speaking to you, smashed or not. Amen. One can be smashed in more ways than one. Amen. Continuing. Broken down. I may know life can break you down. Huh? Out of order or commission. You may be in a hospital or in a bit of affliction for those that are listening on the podcast or, or in one kind of prison or another. You're out of commission. You're out of order. It's not working. It's not functioning. It's not right. How many have ever had something that's not right? And you tell yourself, you know it's not right. This is not God is better than this. God has better for me than this. This is not right. I don't care how you paint it, it ain't right. Amen. 
glory to God. It ain't functioning. Amen. That means it's dysfunctional. In a state of disrepair or despair, in pieces, inoperative, working, but it's not working right. Amen. How many got things working, but it ain't working right? You know it's not working right. You know it's not right. We're making it work, but it ain't right. We have to do what we have to do, but it ain't right. All right, dysfunctional across the whole deal. Matter of fact, when you look up the word dysfunctional, they see your picture, not yours. The other one. My picture used to be in there, but God changed it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can't find my picture in there anymore. God is functional, and he'll help dysfunction. Woo. And who hasn't been dysfunctional? Come on. You think you ain't been dysfunctional? Look at somebody laugh. Ha, 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 ha. We're not laughing at We're just laughing with you. Amen. Glory to God. Working, but it ain't working. Faltering, haltering, hesitant, ruined, disputed, defeated, beaten, disturbed, and disjointed. Feeling out of place. How I many know you can feel out of place in your own home? You can even feel out of place in your own church. You can feel out of place in your own spirit, your own body. Disjointed disturbed, things not right. And lastly, it says this. It says, see, bumpy. <laughs> Rough, potholes, rutted, bouncy, jarring. Everything this road was up until yesterday. Hallelujah. And if I'm reading this right, it is a prophetic picture, this road out here, and it is a prophetic word. That just as it was done out there, God is filling and straightening out and smoothing out the rust places concerning our lives. I want to tell you, God, just like he did that road, he's told me to tell you, he's straightening out. He's helping you to straighten it out. He's helping you to fill it up. He's got work for you to do. It's good work. It's a good thing God's doing. And he's going to show you just what to do. Just what to do. God, what do I do? He'll show you just what to do. And if he doesn't show you right then, wait on him. Those that wait on the Lord renew their strength. The longer you wait, the weaker again the devil gets. Believe in God. Trust in God. Bumpy. Amen. Lumpy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it's been lumpy. Yeah, yeah. I may have ever had uh, mashed potatoes, but they're lumpy. Huh? Yeah. I remember the first mashed potatoes that were made it was they were so lumpy they were so hard i could have thrown them against the wall and cement would have been now that wasn't first lady so don't she's a great cook i won't tell you who was the other person that made those but <laughs> hallelujah glory to god i mean everybody has different gifts if it ain't cooking get somebody that does have the gift amen if it ain't washing dishes get somebody that can wash dishes you ever had anybody wash dishes and they're just as greasy after they wash them than before? Oh, my Lord. Now, you don't need a prophetic word to tell you they should not be doing that. You should be doing that. So you don't get sick the next time you try to eat something on that plate or that, that bowl. Instead of fighting with people about it. Come on. Finally, you get the idea. 
That is not them. They are not good at that. They don't like to do that. Their gifts are in other places. So you do what they don't like to do because you're pretty good at it anyway. How many know we can make this thing work? But not if you're going to be macho man. That for woman, this for man. All right, see how that works for you. Make it work. Somebody shout, make it work. Yeah, make it work, man. Make it work. I know you're already doing that. Praise God. So we got a prophetic picture here and a prophetic word with this road out here. God is straightening things. He's helping us to fill and straighten out and the church and whom he's the head of. And, and tell three people he's straightening it out. Tell somebody he's straightening it out. He's straightening it out. Yeah, maybe crooked as a dog's hind leg right now, but God's straightening it out. Woo! Yeah, every valley shall be exalted. Every valley. Not a valley you're in that God said it won't be exalted. It won't be brought up. And mountains, every mountain you're facing will be brought down. Woo! Shandala Bosiki. Yeah. And the rough places says that we're going to be made smooth. Hey. And the crooked places straightened out. And you know what he says what's going to happen after that? All flesh shall see the glory of the Lord. Your family will see it. Your sons and your daughters will see it. Isaiah 40 chapter. Amen. Your husband, your spouses will see it. The neighbors will see it. Your co-workers will see it. Everybody, the church will see it. Hallelujah. And he's I like what he says in it because he says, well, let me tell you what it says because I wrote it down. It says, listen, he says, God is speaking through the poverty. He cries, comfort. Yes, comfort my people. Isaiah 41, cry unto her. Speak comfortably and tenderly to her. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that like God? Speak to her comfortably. I mean, we've all had people speak to us and it wasn't comfortable, amen? Very uncomfortable. And it sure wasn't tenderly. Softly and tenderly wasn't there. It was harsh. Come on. And whatever else it might be. But he says, speak comfortably and tenderly to my people. And tell her that her warfare is accomplished. Tell her that her iniquity is pardoned. Tell her that her sad days are gone. They're over. Your sad days are over. Tell her. Woo. God says, this is my word, and this is what you're to cry, prophet. And then he says this, and he continues. He says, listen, I hear the voice of someone shouting. Well, it's the shouting of God. Make a road for the Lord. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make a road. Make a road. Make a road for the Lord. Make a road God can ride on. Some of the bumpy, lumpy things we make, can't nobody ride on it. And if you had a GPS, you wouldn't find where it is because it's all crooked and twisted and winding and God knows where it's going. It ain't going nowhere, a lot of it. Come on. Roads like that that ain't going nowhere mean you're not going nowhere. And I don't know about you, but I want to go somewhere. I want God to go somewhere. Prepare ye a road for the Lord. You make a way for God to be able to get on that road you're making. Can God come down your road? A lot of people couldn't even come down this road. Come on. You'd be surprised. Not only can they, when they're not riding their nice car down the road, thank God for all you hardy folks. When they get here, they'll look at this little country church and say, no, I'm not even going in there. 
because we're 21st century and you've got to provide 21st century expectations. But how many know God is working? And God can fill a little country church. He's done it before. And even though we may be disadvantaged and not have all of what you need to really facilitate and to bring people, God will have his way. And nothing's too hard for God. Hallelujah. And so we're believing God. We're doing with what we got. Hallelujah. Jesus was born in a what? In a where? In a stable. Whoo! At least we ain't got no donkeys and horses and cows in here. Hallelujah. I'm not going in that stable. Well, Jesus was born in a stable. Why don't you come on in for a while and see what God might do? I'll tell you what, I'd rather be in a place that you might consider stable than in the fanciest church in town and not a bit and a drop of the Spirit of God. Give me the spirit and moving of God. I have no patience and no time for your little kingdom building. Amen. I have no time for you going through the motions and deader than a doornail. I don't have time for that. I'd rather not go to church than go to something like that. Come on. How many have been in it long enough to say, Pastor, you are right on the money. If God ain't in that place, then bless God, I'm not going to be in it either. And if God leaves, I'm living with him. Woo. And a whole lot of people left this place because of things that leadership did in this place over the years and that rightfully they should have left. You better believe it. There's consequences to sitting under ministry and ministers that are not right with God. Amen. I won't tell you. I got stories about that. I've seen some all over, over the years and been personal. Well, that's another. Yeah. Let's get back to the message. Hallelujah. It says, make a road for the Lord. Somebody say, shout, make a road for the Lord. That's what we're doing. I said, that's what we're doing. But he wants you to do it personally, too. This is personal. I mean, every time you read the word, you should read it personally. I read that every time I get in, and I, I know he's talking to me. I take it personal. God, that's for me. It might have been for the Israelites, but God is talking to me through it. And everything he says in 1 Corinthians 10 is examples for us so that we cannot fall and can be what God wants us and have what God wants us to have and be blessed. Glory to God. Take it personal. That's the only thing you need to take personal is the Word of God. Don't take anything else personal. Are you hearing me? That's, that's a nugget right there. I started doing better when God told me that. He said, he said the problem is you're taking things too personal. And he says, the reason you take it personal is because you think it's about you. It ain't about you. This ain't about you. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they're doing to you. I don't care how they're talking to you. It ain't about you. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about you as a son and a daughter of the kingdom of God. It's about God and what he's doing. Hallelujah. It ain't about you, so don't get all offended. Oh, yeah, you might get offended, but don't let it stay. Because just tell yourself, it ain't about me. This is about God, and this is about the enemy that's fighting God, and he's using me to try to get back at God. And in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to keep trusting God. Hallelujah. And obeying. How I many know trust is good, but you've got to obey? Brother Raymond talked to me yesterday. He said, God's given him a message on obedience. And I said, trust and obey. And he was out here the rest of the afternoon singing, trust and obey, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. 
I said, do you have to keep singing that? Because it is so old. I said, could you spruce that up a little bit? But it's still a good song. Somebody shout, trust and obey. We'll talk more about that because a lot of blessing comes with doing what God says. Hallelujah. Blessings and curses. Woo! Jesus. That's another message that my brother will preach. I heard Brother Stanley preaching about it this morning, too. So God is talking to us. Amen. I said, amen. It's going to be hard to obey God if you don't trust him. But if you just trust him and you're not obeying him, your trust is not going to be what it needs to be. And it's not going to see you through. If you're not doing what God tells you to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, we have a church in the 20th century. You know, they hear what God says, but they kind of rewrite it. Well, I really want to do that. So maybe there's another voice up there telling me something different. But I know I can get another preacher telling me something that I want to hear. So I'll keep looking until somebody agrees with me. I may know God didn't call them to agree with you. He called you to agree with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The more I agree with God, the more blessing. Hallelujah. The more I agree with his word, the more blessing. The more I turn it and change it and do what I want to do, well, you know what that brings. More cursing. Hallelujah. Are you blessed or not? Hallelujah. And so he says, prepare the way, fill the valleys, everything will be exalted, level the hills, straighten out the crooked paths, and smooth off the rough spots on the road. Hallelujah. How many know that we had to do that out here? We could have been praying here till Jesus comes. God, just do this road out here. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, it ain't going to get done till we do it. What did Nancy Reagan used to say? Just do it? Or maybe that was the Oakland Raiders. I get my... I think Nancy Reagan said, just say no, didn't she say? Hallelujah. So he says, you fill the valleys. Level, level the hills. Straighten out the crooked paths and smooth the rough spots in the road. How many know we all got some rough spots? We all got some crooked things. Come on. We're human beings. We're human. Amen. We're in this. Including this preacher, we got some rough areas. We got some crooked places. Not that we want them to be crooked, but there are things that need to be straightened out. God wants straight. Amen. He wants it different there. And he keeps talking to us sometimes about it. And we keep doing the same thing we've been doing. And so we have more insanity in the church than we do out there. Come on. You know the definition. <laughs> oh, okay. That might kill the anointing. I better leave that alone. No, I'm not leaving it alone. God told me not to leave it alone. He told me to tell you to straighten it out. He told me to tell you straighten it up. He told me to tell you smooth out the rough place. I've given you the power to smooth it out. I've given you the power to straighten it out. There's things I will do, but there's things you got to do. You got to make me a road. You got to prepare me a place. You got to make this thing ready for me. You want me to get on it? You want me to come? You want me to do? Then you get a place ready so I can do it and I can come for it. You want healing in this? You want healing measure your finance? You want this? Then do what I said. Keep doing the same thing you've been doing and then blame me for it. Not me, God. But they'll blame man too. I mean, when things won't go bad, we always blame somebody. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. How many know we men have a gift for that? God didn't give us that gift, by the way. 
If anything goes wrong, we blame the woman. It started with Adam. It's that woman you gave me. If I could just get that woman straight, we could be happy around here. You know how it goes. I've caught myself sometimes. First thing, something happens, you're looking to blame somebody, and she's usually the closest one. You had to put that there. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. Hallelujah. Well, I'm getting too personal there, I can tell. <laughs> he says, if you and I do this, he says in Isaiah, the fifth verse, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Whoo! And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. What is the glory? The goodness of the Lord. You do this and I'll reveal my glory. You want the glory of God, the glory of God, the goodness of God? Then do what I'm telling you. And all flesh shall see it. We already talked about that. Your family will see it. Your spouse will see it. The grandchildren will see it. Sons and daughters will see it. The neighbor will see it. Your brother and your sister will see it in the seat that they're sitting in. All flesh shall see it. I don't know about you, but I want people to see the glory of God on me. I want them to see the goodness as I, as I share that goodness. Amen. There's so much more. How many know there's so much more we can have? If we just get back to the Bible, just get back to what God says, we just straighten out the crooked places. We keep going on crooked places and think that we're going to be able to get to where we're going with God. It don't work that way. How many know you can't be going on rabbit trails and get to where you're going? My God, you keep doing the same things that God's been talking to you about. Is it, is it just me or has God ever talked to you and said he showed you what to do and, and you said, that's nice. I didn't do it. And God was patient. God is so patient, so understanding. He understands us. He hasn't dealt with us, he says, after our iniquities, our proclivities. He's dealt with us according to his mercy and his loving kindness. He waits and he waits, okay? All right, well, I'll let you go and do your way. Now, how's that working for you, son? Well, it's not working well, okay. Are you ready? No. We'll try it another way. You know how we are. We'll try every way we can. My God, we will exhaust every other way. And finally, we come back. Oh, door up and door down. I say, okay, yes, Lord. Hopefully. Amen. And the glory of the Lord be seen by all. Glory to God. How many of our families need to see the glory of God? They may see it and not like it. You just keep shining, buttercup. Amen. Just keep shining. I said, keep shining. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. Ooh, keep straightening out that road. Amen. Glory to Keep smoothing off those rough places. Keep doing what you're doing. Glory to God. The goodness and blessing of God. And he concludes with this. He says, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For the Lord has spoken, it shall be. No doubt about it. Fix it so others can, can follow. Amen. Fix it so others can get a clear view and a clear picture of who God is, who Jesus is, what it's all about. Amen. Fix it. And so let me close with just four paragraphs from Ann Graham Lott, Billy Graham's daughter that was in your bulletin. It's a word that she put. She has four blessings there. We're not going to uh, take time for that. You can read that in your own uh, time for reading enjoyment. But if you'd like to pull that out and follow along with me, that's fine. If you just want to have me share it. I'm prepared to do that and, and going to do that if, as we close. 
Tell somebody else he's closing already. Now, now look at him and say, is this the first or the third? It's the first. Then we're going to come to the Lord's Supper. Amen. We're talking about God making you fruitful in the land of your suffering. Amen. And I may know everybody suffered in some ways. Blessings from brokenness. Just about four paragraphs here. Is that okay? Can I share that with you? She's a beautiful woman of God. and It says, when we experience problems or pain, suffering or stress, rejection or persecution, illness or weariness, depression or death, poverty or treachery, hardship or hate, or anything else that's unexpected, unwanted, unplanned, we tend to feel that for some reason God is not pleased with us, that we are not as blessed as those who have none of the above. Yet actually, the opposite may be true. Some of the richest blessings come out of the most severe brokenness. Get that if you don't get anything else. Some of the most, let me say it again, richest blessings come out of the most sincere brokenness. I want to talk to the one who is most sincere, severely broken here today. I don't know who it is. God knows. But I want to tell you, some of the greatest blessing will come out of that severe brokenness. Glory to God. Ooh. Jesus. There are four blessings in particular that are uniquely reserved for those whose hearts and lives have been trampled in some way. And she shares those later on the opposite page, back page. Abraham's great-grandson, Joseph. Did you know Joseph was Abraham's great-grandson? I may know you're somebody's great-grandson. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joseph perhaps said it best when he named his second son Ephraim, because God has made me fruitful in the land. Turn the page, if you would, quickly, in the land of my suffering. Somebody shout it with me. God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Some of you are confessing that by faith, and some of you can confess that already in reality. God is already blessing you but more need to be blessed in that way. Amen? One year ago this August, and what she's about to share, I may know one of the most hurtful things in life is the loss of a loved one. That kind of, that separation. Many, almost every family has suffered it in some form or fashion. I like what Jesse Duplantis said as she shares a little testimony about her husband. I loved what he said when he does memorial. So he said, you know, he said, when you lose a loved one, he said, I always like to tell them that they're not behind you, they're in front of you, if they're in Christ. They're not behind you, they are in front of you. God, isn't that, isn't that encouraging? And who has not lost some loved ones? Mother, fathers, whatever. Amen. And so we are looking forward to that great reunion, amen? She says, one year ago this August, my husband of 49 years, Moved to our father's house. See, just talking about it touches me. And I don't care whose memorial it is. I just did a big one. If I know where I don't, it still touches me. Because death touches us all in some way or another. Aren't you glad for life? I bind death and I speak life. Every time I hear a siren, I bind death and I speak life. And I pray for those that are going to help and rescue They'll have wisdom of God to know what to do. You never know who's on the other end of that siren. So we pray. Amen. Sometimes when I'm preparing 
almost all the time preparing. It'll be getting a little bit late on Saturday night, 11, 10, 11. I'll start hearing sirens in the city. And I feel that's a direct result. I may be wrong, but I believe it's a result possibly to all the pastors who are preparing for their congregation Sunday morning. And the devil can't take the word that's coming forth, the prophetic word that is about to be released. And he starts running in the city, hurting people. Aren't you glad for the mark of God on God's people? The mark of the blood, the blood of Jesus on us. Hallelujah. I pray for those that don't have the blood and the mark on them. Because the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he can hurt. Take out. Yes. And so she says here, he moved on. He suddenly, he left suddenly without saying goodbye. The shock was horrific. But even during the days that followed, I knew God had not been caught by surprise. Danny's move was not an accident, at least from heaven's perspective. So I began to look for God's blessings. I like that. I said, I like that. Regardless of whether you're going through it or this, look for God's blessings in your situation. They'll be there. Look for them. Amen. They were easy to find because he showered them down in abundance and is still doing so today. But I had to choose to open my eyes and focus on the blessing. Somebody shout, focus on the blessing. I had to choose to open my eyes, focus on the blessing, instead of on the pain and the grief. In our world today, there is so much pain and so much grief going on. I heard of a mother today in Chicago, four children shot by two gang members, crossfire. The pain and the grief in our world is unbelievable. That's just one instant here in the last 24 hours. But we're talking about overwhelming. I don't know about you, but we get overwhelmed with the news of the pain and the grief and the suffering in our world today. The earthquake that took, what, two, 300 people out in Italy, and they're still counting? I mean, we could go on and talk about this and that, but focus on the blessing. I got to refocus on something better than what I'm hearing at times. Are you hearing me? All the lies and the deception and, oh, my God, Lord, help us. I got to focus on the blessing. Hallelujah. I got to refocus. Because if I don't, I'll kick the dog and strangle the cat. What the bishop says, spit in the fishbowl. You ever get like that? You just feel like, my God, what are we coming to? Is there any hope? Yes. 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 So we got to refocus. Amen. Open your eyes and focus on the blessing instead of the pain and grief. I mean, oh, that's a word, a prophetic word for this hour. That's a word for where we're at in our world today. Because what we're seeing, unfortunately, is only going to increase. I hate to even tell you that. But what are we going to do? We can't go out of our minds. What good is it going to do to throw a hissy, fall on the ground, and kick our feet in the air and scream? I mean, no, you don't want to do that because you never know when you may get lost in that. I mean, no, people have done that, given in to those emotions and feelings, maybe not a lot, but some, and they just came and picked them up and took them away. We'd all like to just kind of go out and just kind of, ah! well, you don't want them coming getting you while you're going, ah! and he didn't stop. She didn't stop. She just kind of like gave into it and just, I mean, no, you can give in to things, give in to anxiety, give in to fear, give in to 
being dispirited, give in to discouragement, give in to hopelessness. We can't give in. Amen. We got to refocus. We got to, or else we'll all go crazy. Huh? How many like to go crazy at least once a day? Go off. Like it just go, see, people want to go off and go crazy and throw one. And how many know we can throw one? How many every person in here can throw one? Oh, you put enough pressure on them and watch what they do. Come on. It's the truth. But you can't give in to it. Because, see, if I go off, I don't know if I can get back. Huh? Maybe a little humorous, but there's some truth in that. So I can't give in to that. I said I can't give in to that. My flesh wants to give in to it. My flesh wants to cuss and scream and wants to throw things. Come on. I mean, I have enough of fruit of the Spirit that we do pretty well now after 40 years. Amen. How many know somebody should do well after 40 years? <laughs> Amen. You ought to have something down, brother. <laughs> Come on. If your pastor ain't got nothing down after 40 years, you need to get a new one. Amen. Hallelujah. But how many know it's tempting to give in to that? Huh? Come on. And it starts out little. Are you still with me? It starts out little. I catch myself starting to do little stuff. Yeah, and then I said, oh, I got I to gotta get a hold of that because that's going to become more and more, more and more ugly, more and more of this, and it's not going to be pretty. And I'm not going to like it, neither is anybody else, so I got to stop it. Somebody shall stop it. Oh, you didn't shall stop it. You want to keep doing it. Okay, all right. Let me talk to you on this side over here. Somebody shall stop it. All right, we got some stoppers over here. This group wants to keep it up. This group wants to stop it. This group, pray for this group. So this don't jump on this group. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to be good. Come on. <laughs> so I began to look for God's blessing. Amen. Begin to look for God's blessing, will you? There is a blessing in every cloud. Amen. Begin to look for God's blessing on the national scene. Begin to look for God's blessing on the local scene. Begin to look for God's blessing in your family, in your marriage. Begin to look for God's blessing with your children. Begin to look for God's blessing. Come on. Hallelujah. Begin to look for it. If you look for it, how many know you find what you're looking for? Wherever you look, that's where you go. Have you noticed that? That's the direction. Wherever your head turns, that's where you go. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to look up. Amen. Glory to God. I had to choose to open my eyes and focus on the blessing. If you're broken for whatever reason, and we all are broken in different ways, be encouraged. Maybe you too need to adjust your focus. Could it be that God has also singled you out for his blessing? Hmm. Could it be that God has singled you out to bring blessing from your brokenness like you cannot imagine? But God is speaking to us today. That out of your great brokenness, some are more broken here than others. Some have been healed more than others. Some are in the midst of great brokenness in whatever area. But God wants you to focus and to know that there are blessings from brokenness. And he wants you to focus not on the pain and the grief. And there's plenty of that in every life at some point. huh? But focus on the blessing. Focus on God. And know that God has blessings from your brokenness. Hallelujah.
See, that's an oxymoron. Blessing and brokenness doesn't go together in my book. I wouldn't think so with my understanding. How do you put blessing with brokenness? How do you take brokenness and bring blessing? Ask Joseph. Ask Job. Ask those in the Word of God and see what God did for them and what God will do for you and is set to bless you even because of your brokenness. In whatever area that is, some are broken personally. God still has a blessing. They have, they have things going on personally that, that are great battles. God still has blessing in that brokenness. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. God is not condemning. He's not judge. He didn't come to judge. He came to save us. Hallelujah. He doesn't put me down. He's never put me down. I put myself down. I've counted myself out. I didn't feel worthy. But I may know he's worthy. So this ain't based on whether you feel worthy or not. All right. Praise God. Blessings from brokenness. Expect it. In the midst of the pain and the grief of our world, focus on his blessing. Somewhere in that situation, somewhere in your situation, there will be blessing from your brokenness. Take it home with you today. Believe it in your heart. I believe it's a word from God. Amen. And I know God is faithful. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each one who sits under the sound of my voice and Whatever you have given me, Lord, let it resonate. Let it resoundingly resonate. Encourage that heart, that spirit, that soul. Father, you know where each one's at. You know those here today, those that are not here today. We pray not only for us here, but for those who could not be here today. Would you pray with me, church, for them also? Lord, encourage them. Father, help them to refocus from their pain, their grief, those that have lost loved ones those that are going through great trials, tribulation, those that are going through personal traumas, family crises, financial crisis, whatever it might be today. Lord, I want to thank you for what you're doing in the midst of all of that. And I thank you for the blessing and blessings from brokenness. Manifest it, I pray. I pray for a manifestation of your blessing in every area of brokenness represented today. Let your word stand forever. Let this word, Father, be a prophetic word. And may this be a week of blessing for each and every one, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.